Hello, this is Harrison Kim, and you're listening to Working With People by PaveStep. The Working With People podcast is for executives, managers, and people leaders. We bring people experts together to provide you with relevant content on how to think about and manage your most important asset, your talent. I'm with Mickey Johnson here. Thanks for joining. Thanks for having me. We're talking about employer branding today, but before we get into the the nitty-gritty of it, tell us a little bit about who you are and what you do. My name is Mickey. I'm one of the co-founders of Job Portraits. We are a employer branding content studio based in the Bay Area. We work almost exclusively with high growth startups to help them hire and retain their people more effectively through really great storytelling and content marketing. So we're essentially content marketers, but we're marketing to candidate instead of marketing your product to customers. And we do everything from strategy to building the content to distributing and activating it. But I, I tend to say that we're a little different than most branding agencies. I think most agencies are 80% strategy, like 20% implementation, and we're 20% strategy strategy 80% implementation. Um, More than anything, we have a really awesome newsroom of content Mm. creators who can come in and really build content at a regular pace and a really high quality over time. Awesome. And you come from the journalism world, is that right? Yeah. I started Job Portraits with my husband about six years ago, and both of us came from journalism sort of one way or another. He had done some photojournalism stuff. He started a photojournalism magazine on the iPad. I went to journalism school. I worked at a magazine about photography. So both of us came from journalism. Awesome. So we're here to talk about employer branding. So how do you define employer branding or how should the audience think about that? So we got to take one step back, which is to talk about your employer brand first. And so the way we think about it is just your employer brand is anything that candidates believe about what it's like to work at your company. So that is something that exists. It exists whether you've done anything to try and influence it in any way. And within that is also the the employee experience, because really what most people know about what it's like to work at a company is that they have a friend who works at your company and right. they have an opinion <laughs> when you're not there about what it's like. So employer branding is the effort that you put in to try and shape the narrative or the experience that people have so that candidates get an honest picture. And I think we're really big, again, coming from the journalism world, right. um, we're really big on making sure that that story that candidates are getting is true. It can be a little aspirational. I think it's okay to be honest about where you want to go. But if you tell somebody a story and then they interview or they get inside and they find out that it's actually something really different, you've actually just wasted everyone's time. It's really about how do you tell the most compelling parts of your true story um, to candidates and also to employees. It goes both ways because it should be not only candidates, but also your internal employees. And I love the fact that you drove the difference between brand versus branding. That's a very fair point. So what is the importance of a strong employer brand? Like I understand, of course, you want to attract the talent as much as possible, retain as much talent. Why is it important you know, outside of those two obvious points? Oh, well, you took my two most obvious ones. <laughs> No, I mean, people are your most important asset. Um, and it's funny, we, we are working with a lot of companies talking about product and their product and they need to build their product and how important right. is the money to build the product and get the market. But who builds the product, right? People. And it turns out those people, those engineers that you're trying to hire are incredibly hard to hire. And I think there's a lot of inexperienced 
first-time founders who really don't understand just how hard it is to hire those people. And so they sort of are like, great, we're going to hit like this milestone and this milestone and this milestone. We got the money, go. And then all of a sudden, it's taking us six months to hire two people that we need. So I think part of it is understanding the pain that can happen when you don't have the right people either fast enough or the people with enough seniority and skill to be able to really get your company where you want it to go. So I think it's really important too, to think about your employer brand. It is sure it's the story you tell, but it really is the experience that people are having at your company, the experience when they come and interview, the experience when they leave your company. And so I think that in order to be able to attract the kind of talent you want these days, you have to have a great story. And that story has to be built on a truly great employee experience. It's a buyer's market. And so I think it's great because I think it's pushing companies to look at some things they've needed to look at for a long time about how they're really treating people, how they're growing people, the impact people are able to have at their companies. Um, I mean, some of the tangible things that we see are getting people faster, spending less, less Mm -hmm. cost to hire, less time to hire, actually people accepting lower salaries, and, and not that you're trying to lowball people, but if you look at the salaries that a Google or a Facebook is paying, total comp, it's probably three times what most startups can pay for engineering talent. So you have to have something else to offer people. And the experience and the story is what you have to offer. Um, and then we also see a bigger, a big impact on retention. We mm-hmm. know that, that having people leave your company after only one or two years is a huge, huge, huge cost. And so if you have a strong employer brand, we also see that they tend to stay longer and be more engaged and happier. So you're also seeing productivity increase. Yeah. And, and it's really interesting because if you have a you know, 20 person startup and two people leave, that's 10% of your workforce, right? It's yeah. a very serious thing. And, you know, 20 people employee startup relatively is probably doing decently well, got, you know, some funding probably. And just because you have money, like you said, doesn't mean you're going to be able to use that money wisely, you know, allocate the capital of the time properly. So that's one thing that definitely rings true. And the second thing is competing with corporations. It's not easy. And you see this often even with nonprofits. You have to sell them on something. Nonprofits have done a really good job, usually, of selling them on the mission. Now startups have to do that too. You know, I'm a startup as well. And I, the way I think about, you know, my co-founder as well as, you know, my, the, my other team members, what I tell them is whenever we're recruiting, you have to treat them as if they're a client, as if they're an investor. You have to sell the vision, have to let them know what our vision is. And that's great. You know, it's great to hear you say that because I know like one of one of the other questions we were thinking about is like, who does employer branding? Mm -hmm. My initial answer is everyone, especially if you're a small company. I think that the companies that are the most successful with employer branding built an entire culture of storytelling, first and foremost, where people know that them sharing their experience is really important and is doing a really core job that's going to help them get the team members they want and achieve what they want. And then also just a culture of giving employees something good to talk about and really looking at making sure that employees are engaged, that they're progressing, that they're getting the feedback and the mentorship and the impact that they want to have. They are your influencer marketers. 
certainly we see that employer branding is owned early on. It'll be in talent acquisition. Um, often they'll be, it's funny enough, we see sometimes university recruiters will get double tasked with employer branding oh, or we'll recruiting ops people will sort of own employer branding in the early days mm. or a head of TA by default will own it. Right. Maybe eventually they'll be a head of employer branding that's brought in and sort of sits in their own space. But I think that it's just what we see is like those people are only successful if they've built coalitions mm-hmm. literally like completely across the business. Hiring managers have to be bought in. Brand, creative, marketing, they all have to be on right. board. You have to have the founders on board because they're the ones that have the vision and need to be selling it to everybody, even just like people that are interviewing. So it's really something that reaches kind of across the whole right. business. And that's what makes it hard and make an interesting challenge, I think. Right. Like that, the culture point is very important, right? And then the whole thing around what we call like mini angels throughout the organization is very important. Yeah. You got to have those ambassadors to carry right. the torch for you when you can't. So bring it down to more tactical levels. You know, what are some of the key initiatives that you've seen that create a strong employer brand or improve employer brand? Yeah, for sure. At really early stage companies, which honestly, we we are always working to figure out a way to serve really seed stage companies. Currently, it's not our main market. Our main market is like growth, right? Like, mm-hmm. more, um, but I think if you're starting really early, you're in a really great position because then it's less about your employer brand and it's more just about your culture. You can start and pretty much every company should start from your values, and just getting really clear um, and whether those are true values, whether best practices or operating procedures, like how do we treat each other when we're here, that kind of stuff. I think just getting really clear about what is acceptable behavior, what's unacceptable behavior, yeah. how, how do we expect to treat each other? What kind of information do we expect to share in what ways, like stuff like that. And it's funny when we started out, we thought that there was going to be some good cultures and bad cultures. And while there are certainly some cultures that I think most of us would call toxic, they're actually a very small percentage. Most cultures are good for the right kind of people. Um, And what happens is you get the wrong kind of people because you're not being clear from the very beginning Mm -hmm. about what is going to work and what isn't. I think the clearer you can be, the more you're going to get the people that are going to work well for you. And then it becomes a self-reinforcing thing. And then as we go up and we start to think about more strategic things at a more mature company level. Employer value proposition work is the core strategic work that we do and most branding agencies do. That's really about, it's your value proposition, right? But instead of for your product, it's for your employee experience and your candidate experience and all that kind of stuff. Um, and we, those, you can do those yourself, but it's, it's mostly just looking at how you are perceived by candidates, what your competitors are doing, and then doing a lot of interviewing inside to really understand. Mm-hmm. Why do people come here? Why do they stay? How is this different from other places? The one thing I'll say is that I think a lot of mid-stage startups get really caught in this idea that they need to do this super robust value proposition definition, have this three-year strategy. We really move away from that in general. I would rather see people start just doing some storytelling. And we're even sort of toying with this idea of a reverse EVP that's basically like, let's just go in and start telling some stories because the questions we ask when we tell those stories are the same questions we would ask in an interview for an EVP. And it's just, it's much more agile. And so if I was going to suggest a way for you to just start telling some stories, and a lot of companies do this anyway, would be like employee spotlight. Especially if you've only got 20 people, go and interview every single one of your 20 people and ask them, why do you like working here? Why do you not? 
make a little four question Q&A, put that up on your blog. It's going to do wonders for your recruiting. Your people are going to feel super appreciated. And when you get to the end of those 20, you can be like, this is our EVP. Other really tactical things, make sure you have a policy for people sharing on social media about working at their company. And then going into the employee experience, I think cultural onboarding is Hmm. a key moment, right? Where you're really letting people know this is what it's going to be like here. It's also a moment where you can say, Part of what it is to be here is that we want you to share about what it's like to be here. As your first week onboarding, like, why don't you post to social media about your experience of your first week here? Um, so those, I think, are some key sort of touch points. That makes sense. What about some metrics? What are some really interesting metrics that you and your clients think about and shoot towards? I'll be honest, metrics are hard for right. your branding. I think if you look at recruitment marketing, there's some easier metrics, right? Recruitment marketing is really that tactical. We need to get this many applications. And then you can certainly look at how efficiently are you spending advertising dollars or how much engagement are you getting on your organic posts and how many applications are you driving and what, you know, how much traffic are you seeing on your website and stuff like Mm -hmm. that. Part of our employer branding strategy is that we are really focused on outbound. We're really focused on the hardest to reach candidates that are almost always passive. So highly technical candidates, technical sales candidates, really senior candidates, like stuff like that. And so we're really thinking about how do we make your outbound as effective as possible? Because that's really where you're getting, like these people are not coming in from job boards, right? That's just not how it works. So we think about things like response rates. So if you send someone an email, like, do they respond? And hopefully they say, yes, I want to talk. So we build content to put in that outbound email to try and make those response rates higher, for instance. Mm -hmm. Quality candidates. I get a lot of people who come in and they're like, we want more inbound. And I'm like, no, you don't. (laughs) What you want is higher quality candidates. If I sent you 100 candidates, but five of them were great, as opposed to 20 candidates and 10 of them were great, everybody wants the second version. Um, So I think looking at how many of your candidates are converting, you know, how, how happy are your interview teams, stuff like that. Um, and then referrals. And I think especially for smaller teams, that's really important. Right. I'm sure sometimes that can be a very low-hanging fruit type of initiative. If you have 10 people in your organization, likely the next five employees are going to be somewhat related somehow. So exactly. that makes a lot of sense. Uh, another question for you. So are there any big trends in employer branding, especially as you know the more millennials and Gen Zs are coming into the workforce and kind of dominating the workforce from a numbers perspective? Yeah, for sure. I mean, I think um, a big thing I was thinking about is that, you know, I, I've been seeing some some good research around really this just desire for like authenticity. These are generations that are they are so burned out on advertising and things that feel like selling and just sort of that bombardment and that one way not dialogue. Right. And so how can companies create authenticity in their employer branding? It's hard because right now everybody wants to control it. And so you get a bunch of people writing and it it gets really bland is what I see. It's like everybody comes in and everybody has an opinion. And then by the time you're done, you have something that sounds like every other company anywhere. Um, And so I think, I think employee ambassadors are really, really huge and really let empowering people to tell their own story and giving them the support they need and going in and interviewing them, really making that real for people. And then because of that, I think, 
we also see that employer brand is going to have to look a lot more at those employee experiences. And that is kind of a trend that we're seeing. Instead of it being employer brand and employee experience, there'll be one person that an overarching candidate experience person. And the potential for that person to actually start sitting up next to brand, um, so to product brand, and really, I think, understanding that also, as we're looking at these younger generations, they also care more about buying from companies that are also in alignment with their ethics, right? And also yeah. the mission that they listen to. So I think there's going to be a way where letting people see inside your company and the way you work is also going to help the product. Yeah. And, and like, because of that, I think just needing to create really great employee experiences so that those brand ambassadors have really great things to talk about externally. And then, of course, you have to amplify those stories. That's what we're doing right now. And honestly, that should kind of just be the last step. And I think we need to start Mm -hmm. focusing on those first couple of steps, that values definition, and then building employee experience that really grow out of those values and reinforce them. Speaking to what you guys do, I think performance management and really providing people with the coaching and the feedback and the mentorship that they need to grow is also something that we just see in spades when we look at the research about, you know, Gen Z and millennials. Um, That's one of the most important things to them when they're looking at new jobs. Right. Before we finish off, anything else to add? Well, here, this will be the one thing that I tend to recommend to people that probably is the hardest for them to swallow, but I really think is important, which is do not just talk about what's great about your company. You have to talk about what's hard and what's challenging and what people don't like, because the right people will get excited about that. And they will be like, awesome. I love a good challenge. That sounds like a challenge I would love to come in and fix. But if you're not honest about those things, you're going to get everybody and you're going to waste a lot of time interviewing people that are never going to be the right fit for your culture. And so it doesn't have to be everything you say, but the more honest you can be about why people don't like working at your company and what's hard and why people leave, the more you're going to just save everyone a huge amount of time and actually build trust and credibility with people. Right, right. Yeah, no, I think that makes a lot of sense. And you know, one thing that ties what you said previously also is employee experience starts from not only when you've hired them, but also when they're, they are a candidate. Exactly. Um, and you want to build that trust as soon as possible because they're going to know <laughs> at some point and you don't want to waste their time. That makes a lot of sense. Thank you for your time. I really, really appreciate it. Where can the audience find you and your thought leadership? Yeah, absolutely. So we are at jobportraits.com. My email is just mickey at jobportraits.com. Feel free to reach out to any of our team members. We have a blog that has some of our writing there. Um, And then we also have a medium publication that's a lot of the work that we've done for our clients and stuff that you can see there. Thank you again for coming on. This is insightful stuff. So I'm actually taking a lot of lessons for myself. Yeah, absolutely. Thanks for the good questions. Thank you for listening to Working With People by PaveStep. If you like this episode, feel free to check us out on pavestep.com slash podcast.